Hello, beautiful humans. You're back with your host, Alex, Marissa, and Iridian, and we're here to talk about the dirtiest of words. Uh, just as a quick content warning for everyone, we will be talking about some heavy subjects, um, including sexual abuse, police violence, racism, and murder. So just as a quick heads up for what's to come in the episode. Which, if you're clicking on this, hopefully you read the name of the episode, which was Patriarchy. So a quick reminder for, or introduction for someone that might not know, Patriarchy just in the most basic of terms, is a system where men hold the power. And something that will go hand in hand with that, it kind of references one of those content warnings. Another big word for today, a new word you might be learning is femicide, and that's the killing of women or girls because of their gender. So as stated a few times already, we can tell these are kind of large, all-encompassing topics that we could probably actually talk about for like we could do a 24-hour stream and talk about all these different things and still not have enough time to fit in how patriarchy and femicide and violence and all of these things kind of coincide with each other. But we mm-hmm. we kind of settled on this topic for the first episode because as we all know, if we're frequent on social media and Twitter, there's a lot of things happening in the world right now. But in the past couple of weeks specifically, there seems to have been at least in media coverage that we have access to too, kind of, it almost seems like a, a spike in talking about violence against women and also how that relates to racism and violence against women and mm-hmm. um, from how that also all relates to domestic violence, sexual violence, and then murder, which is that big femicide word. So when we're talking about the news, if you just Google, like I, before this episode, I literally Googled femicide to give like, just the general definition. And there's already news articles popping up. Like I didn't even know this was happening until I started doing a little bit more research. Turkey just pulled out of the Istanbul convention. And that was a convention um, from, I think it said 2011, maybe it was a while ago. It was like over a decade ago. And that was for, um, to help stop violence against women and domestic violence. And Turkey just pulled out. If you Google femicide, patriarchy, gender, any of those things, you'll see the stuff that's happening in Georgia, you'll see the stuff that's happening in London. You, I guarantee you, you can put in any country, any city even, and find a story or mm-hmm. something that's happening to women or non-binary people or trans people in that area. Yeah. So another big thing about our topic is we're recording in March uh, and March just so happens to be Women's History Month. And according to People Magazine, we actually celebrate Women's History Month to remind ourselves of the accomplishments of women throughout the years to our culture and society. So that includes science and politics, and it's a chance to reflect on trailblazing women. So Mm -hmm. that's just a very quick and fun reminder of, you know, why we do things. Thinking about history and then what Marissa said earlier in regards to policies and how countries are handling that. And then when we think about Women's History Month and how history and violence and gender and all of this interacts with each other, right now, currently in the US, the Violence Against Women Act, which was passed in 1994 by Bill Clinton actually, is being re-voted on, I guess you could say, because it expired in 2018. Um, There was a couple other times in like the early 2000s where it got re-voted on too, but it actually expired in 2018, was like temporarily brought back for about a month and they reintroduced the bill in April, 2019, but it's now what, 20, March 21st, 2021. And the bill has just passed the house. It got voted down by 172 Republican senators. And this actually is gonna kind of relate to the next story that we go into is why we wanted to throw it in. but. One of the reasons why it got voted down is because the NRA is not a fan of some of these new provisions, one of them being if someone is convicted of domestic abuse, they can't purchase a firearm, which sounds logical, but it (laughs) is, this is just complete bullshit that they all voted against it and just shows that these people do not care about you because there's literally statistics that prove 
if there's domestic abuse happening, that the severity is worse if there's yeah. guns in the house. And I could give you the statistic, but I don't know it because I was eavesdropping on a Zoom call and I heard a professional say it on a Zoom call <laughs> and I was not invited. <laughs> but that's just an example. So it's just as silly. It's just, oh my goodness. That I'm makes me think of- Angry. <laughs> I can hear it. And that makes me think of, for both of you, I don't know if you know this stat, about- 20, I want to say it's, they don't have exact numbers because, you know, like, why would they have numbers on police officers? But in the United <laughs> States specifically, about 20 to 40% of um, police departments and police officers have some type of domestic violence or domestic abuse, like call or even some have convictions or charges in their past, which I think relates directly to patriarchy and femicide and all this stuff. And it's exactly what we saw happened in England just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Those statistics are like way higher than we even know. I'm sure they're way higher. Mm-hmm. Like we have no way of knowing exactly what those statistics are because of course, as we've seen before, if there is any sort of sketchiness going on or anything reported that has been done by a police officer, it tends to be swept under the table. And oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really unethical, <laughs> but it happens Which is, a lot. Yeah. And this is, we can do a whole other episode on police. Like we just said, we can do one on um, other things as well, but who like, this is what abolitionists and reformists and anyone that has some critiques of the police are asking, who do you go to? If your perpetrator is the police, you literally have no one to go to because every channel goes back to the cops. And it's bro. Like, well, you to report it. Bro, bro. So this is a perfect example. In England, some people may have seen it in the news, but we're also just going to give a little bit of information on it just in case you haven't. There was a woman named Sarah Everard, Everard, I believe I'm saying her name right. And she was 33 years old and she had just finished eating dinner at a friend's or with out with friends or something. Decided she wanted to walk home after and she was walking back to her place and then 24 hours later, March 4th, her boyfriend filed a missing person report because she never met up with him when she was supposed to. And so then, okay, missing person, semi-normal in our world, shouldn't be normal, but it is. But then March 9th. Wait, so I have to say this um, because what happens on March March 9th makes me think that they kind of were lying on March 8th. But on March 8th, they're like, there's still hope. We've interviewed hundreds of people. Like, we're going to figure this out. Like, you can't assume that she's dead. Like, don't worry. The police were coming out and sit, giving all these little, like, charades of, like, it's okay. We'll find her. We're doing our best. And then. So March 9th. And I was unclear if this police officer was already arrested or if he was arrested on another thing. And then they suspected him for this. But there's an officer that they have in custody that they suspect of kidnapping Sarah. And then it also turns out that back in the end of February, he indecently exposed himself to people um, like on a subway or something. And he was also being investigated for that. So March 4th, March 3rd, this person goes missing by March 10th, they found her body and they identified it by March 12th. So this is like a, a two week time span but the issue and like the thing that kind of made me go on that little story is the uh, there's a police officer as the main suspect right now. And one mm-hmm. of the things that that like London City and London, London police officers have d- tried to do to say like, we want to make the streets safer for women is to say that they want to put plainclothes police officers on bars and 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 um, possibly dangerous areas, et cetera. The police officer is the threat. The police officer is the one who murdered this woman. And quick question, like, this is just my own question, but like, you personally, would you personally feel safer knowing that there's an undercover cop around you that's supposed to keep you safe? I don't know. I don't know if that's controversial, but would you feel safer? No, absolutely not. (laughs) I personally wouldn't. I <laughs> I don't have the best experience with cops, but I I personally just would not feel safer. That doesn't make me feel safer. 
teach men to stop kidnapping and murdering people. Yeah, I would feel safer. <laughs> Literally, I feel safer. I feel safer in bars when they have the little signs that are like, "Oh, order this drink if like you don't like the person that you're around." Yeah. Like, order this if you need us to call someone to help you. I like those. I'll trust those people more than an undercover cop. Like I grew up, I'm middle class white girl. Like I grew up in the suburbs. Blah blah blah. I grew up with my parents teaching me to like be cautious of cops. My mom always taught me if I got pulled over to make sure I was pulled over in a public area. Like she's like, if you get pulled over and it's like dark out and you're on the side of the road, she's like, turn on your hazards and go find the gas station. She went and go somewhere public. She's like, don't let them pull you over alone, which is also a privilege because I'm white and like, yeah. Yeah. But still the fact that even as that she told, she was like, make sure you're not alone. If that happens to you, like, come on. Which these directly relate to the patriarchy, femicide, violence, et cetera. I say et cetera, like those words are like easy. Those are very intense, important words. Yeah. (laughs) But the idea of this case in particular, and like the police officer directly relates to patriarchy. I think it was even in, I want to say it was a Vox article that I was reading or it might've been the Wikipedia because Wikipedia has excellent information. To clarify for listeners, are you saying Vox with a V or Fox with an F? <laughs> with a V. Vox. Like okay. Violet. Like okay. Vendetta. <laughs> vendetta. <laughs> um, but they made a good point. So like we know that police officers derive from like slave patrol, but also when we think of policing systems, it also doesn't just derive from white supremacy. These systems also derive from like masculinity and patriarchy and they Mm -hmm. were made by men. And so one of the the things that I saw people talking about too is most architecture and most like city layouts were created by men. They were created by men who didn't ever think about like, what does it mean for people to be safe for different races, for different genders, for X, X, Y, and Z, which is also just another interesting top like aspect to how our physical societal layouts also make violence more acceptable to perpetrators of violence. The politics of architecture is so interesting. I still remember. So Alex and I, I'm Marissa, went to the University of Kansas (laughs) and in like a half page spread in like the daily newspaper on our campus, there was a whole article about how trigger warning rape happens in fraternities because of the layout of the house. And that was like a legitimate article that was published. And then next to it was a half a page beer ad as well. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) What does that say about that culture? Like, what does that say about the patriarchy? And I know we throw that word around. Like, I know, like, we don't throw that word around. I mean, like as a society, you hear that word thrown around and you hear people be like, oh my God, these like, new age feminists again with their (laughs) fucking patriarchy blaming everything on the patriarchy but there is so much politics and so Mm -hmm. so much history that goes into it like there is a lot down to the architecture that's something that we don't even think about yeah tell me why when we were trying to look some of this stuff up alex when she was doing her research she goes why did i just open the first video that pops up about what's happening in london it looks like it might be some lonely guy because every comment's going, guys are doing what they need to do to protect women. Women need to start doing things to protect themselves. Like she shouldn't have been walking there alone and saying stuff like that. Why is that? She was murdered by a cop. She was walking home, taking a shortcut home that literally other women in London have come out and they're like, oh, I walk that way all the time. Like that just, that it was like a regular way to go home. Where's the I don't accountability? Understand. Like it non-existent. Yeah, because it's she always happened, she was alone. So the accountability, it's it's never this idea of like innocent till guilty. I was thinking about it when I was listening to some of the trials that are happening yeah. on, on other things. And I was like, no, the perpetrator is innocent, but that means the victim's guilty until you yep. prove that the perpetrator is guilty. Exactly. That is so there's such an interesting take. The mm-hmm. idea of innocent versus guilty doesn't even it uh, the binary can't exist within each other because then it automatically means the other party is the opposite of whichever yeah right. oh my goodness gracious so <laughs> I don't know if there's been a lot of details on what they believe this person's motive is but there is evidence that this this man murderer um like I said indecently exposed himself um a couple of weeks or like a month prior Which and again, then gross 
Yeah. And now he's tied to a murder of a woman. And so also when we think of femicide and gender violence and stuff like that, I think it's common for people in the, I'm putting quotes around this, but you all can't see me. A reading and immersive can see me, but the Western world. (laughs) (laughs) And so like when I say that, I mean like US, North America, um, Western Europe, to think that these forms of violence take place in other countries and other parts of the world mm-hmm. that, that aren't as, as great as we are. I'm like making hand motions that you all can't see because none of that is true. Like no place is really better. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> these, these issues are happening in our backyards. And I also think one of the reasons why this Sarah case, why Sarah specifically has also been able to get so much attention is because she's a white woman. Oh, right. 100%. Like that's not even a question. There's been like Aridian Merce and I were talking earlier. There's been a history of, I would say, across North America, across Western Europe, of Black women, um, and also specifically like immigrant women who go missing or are picked up by the cops and go missing or end up dead or different things like that that like don't get coverage and don't get reported. But that violence is happening because of those intersecting identities because of Mm -hmm. their race ethnicity and their gender Mm -hmm. well even when we're talking about like the sources that you're supposed to trust in this even so Alex and I went to school in the Mediterranean region for a little bit and we learned a lot about like the immigration through northern Africa up into like Europe into like the grand idea of Europe and they talked about how people would just be put through these systems and even if so the idea of like illegal and legal immigration, don't believe in it, but let's just like pretend that we do for a second. So even these people that were trying to take quotes run this legal path, were getting like assaulted in the process of trying to get that path yeah. and had no one to go to because they're using the system that they're supposed to be using and they're having violence enacted upon them. Yeah. So like just for the way they look, just for mm-hmm. the way they look and because they know that they can't do anything about it. Yeah. So in like Sarah Everett's case, she can't do anything because she's dead. So if they find anything that makes that cop not guilty, I bet you, I bet my bank account right now, which is not the most in the world, that they will find <laughs> a way to get that cop off if they find something they may, that might allude to his innocence, quotes around that. like We've seen it time and time again, for sure. Time and time again. And that we're coming from the US perspective. I promise you, England is not that much different. Yeah. Who do you think we are? We are the daughters and sons of the British. And I'm not saying that as like each of us, but I'm saying like the way that our country country was founded. <laughs> they're racist too. They're sexist. They're homophobic too. <laughs> the ideals were literally in the foundation. So yes, we yeah. should, it's sad, but we're not surprised that that's what we we're still seeing today because who's in charge, particularly men Mm-hmm. and they're particularly white men particularly white men and that's mm-hmm. that's huge because mm-hmm. everything that's laws rules regulations opportunity to climb to the top it's all going to be regulated by white men mm-hmm. and benefiting white men and this isn't for anyone that might be listening that might be like what the bleep are they talking about i don't agree <laughs> whatever <laughs> This isn't to like try to attack certain groups or make people feel bad. And like, the, what's the action for Sarah Everett? The idea is what, not what do we do to be safe? What do we do to train people or come up with better systems that you can't have someone who's supposed to be the person that's protecting you murder you? Yeah. And this isn't one bad egg. It's not like this happens once every 10 years. This is happening monthly, weekly in some places. Yeah. This isn't a blue moon situation. (laughs) To kind of show some similarities between stuff. So when stuff like this happens, we see people, justice systems tend not to provide justice. So people try and mourn and process how they need to. So I even know like in in London and in different parts of England, they are trying to host vigils and some of them probably were a little bit protesty. The cops were shutting them down. I know that pe- people got arrested and different things like that because silence physically is physically assaulted for saying, Hey, one of your own killed just a regular person walking home. But also part of the, the thing is when it comes to things like, um, especially when you 
gender violence. And then when you, when you add in other layers of identities from like economic to racial, when it comes to things that don't have the power, people who have the power are going to do what they can to silence those grievances Mm -hmm. and to silence people who are upset. So even like, well, let's bring it back home. Let's bring it to our backyard. When we look at Georgia, a man went and murdered eight people. Right. And it was a target attack on Asian women. And one of the very first things that came out in our press press release was the police officer. I don't know if he was the lead investigator or if he was the arresting officer or what, saying that this murderer was having a bad day, that he was having a bad day. And he accidentally went and murdered eight people because he was having a bad day. He has a sex addiction. That's disgusting. That's no excuse. That's it's ridiculous how much leeway we give these like murderers. They're murderers. These perpetrators. Yeah. Like how much? It's that. It's that whole like, oh my god, do we want to ruin this young man's life Mm -hmm. for one bad day for one quick mistake? What was it in? what's his fuck's case brock, brock turner. turner oh it was an accident Lord. that Lord. he he slipped yeah and th- into that's a person disgusting like we don't give that leeway to, to women and that that ties back in like that innocent until proven guilty for who mm-hmm. well also when we think about what happened with georgia I was kind of trying to read the specifics, which we won't get into a lot of the details because you all can literally just get on Twitter or go to Google or any news source and they will give you much more information than I think we could even provide here. But I didn't even realize this. The guy that did it was in outside of Atlanta city limits, murdered four people and then drove into Atlanta and went to two more places. Mm -hmm. He made multiple stops and they, and I was like, he also bought the gun same day. Like there's all of these You things. can't vote in Georgia if you register the same day, but you can buy a gun and go kill people the same day. Well, there's all what? these things when we say the word patriarchy and I like, like it was mentioned, like people throw it around, like we'll be like, F the patriarchy, smash the patriarchy, right? Like that, those are fun things to say. I've said them a lot, but also when we say patriarchy, we mean a system, right? We mean mm-hmm. systems in our country, in other countries, internationally, systems that uphold cis men and tell cis men that everyone else exists for their 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 pleasure, their their anger, their violence, that they exist to be treated how cis men want them to be treated. Yeah, and I think it's important that when we say these are targeted attacks, we're talking about Asian women. He went to Asian mm-hmm. owned businesses and I think like spas and parlors and stuff. And there's literally reports from non-American news sources. So I think the one I saw was a Korean news source uh, with witnesses saying that he said he wanted to blank all Asian people there. Like he he was specifically attacking people and they were like, oh, we don't know if it's about race. Then it's important too. So these aren't Asian people who are women or women who are Asian. These are Asian women. You can't take those two things away from each other. Yeah. Those things are part of like who they are and how those people moved or move yeah moved in the world yeah and so you can't separate those and say oh well it was an attack for this but then they were no this was a double hate crime this was Mm -hmm. a femicide against asian women you can't claim colorblindness in Mm -hmm. this case which you never can and we'll cover that a lot more (laughs) yeah probably when we talk about white fragility or privilege Mm -hmm. or something but you literally cannot you can't separate the two that that is their Mm -hmm. identity that's who they are and it's not divisive that that we mention it it's important that we mention it and with that I also wanted to mention there are so many people like you said that are saying it's not about race or we hear why do you make everything about race and words have so much power like they have so much power Mm -hmm. and I think now is like an important time as any to mention how much power even Trump's tweets have made what what he refers to because mm-hmm. we know the root of all of this we know where this is coming from where yeah there there is always racism yes 
and it's disgusting, mm-hmm. but we know where this one stemmed from. For example, the fact that uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic, we're in the mm-hmm. middle of this coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, and we it hit here uh, about, what was it, January, February in the yes. U.S., and things were scary, but it wasn't, everyone was referring it to it as COVID-19. That is what mm-hmm. everyone was referring it That's to. That's the scientific name, coronavirus mm-hmm. disease or whatever this whole thing is. Yes. And <laughs> uh, according to the Washington Post, before, in the beginning, everything like that, uh, people were referring to COVID as COVID-19. That is the main thing that we saw in hashtags, according to this research mm-hmm. and things like that. And we're going to include that, like the the research and everything like that in mm-hmm. the show notes, just so that you guys can see. But after March 16, 2020, when Trump tweeted a very racial, racially charged um, comment about the virus, about its origin, and you guys all know what it's that, you know, what that's about. We saw a surge, like, Mm-hmm. complete 180 everyone was referring not everyone but you know a lot of people were referring to it as what Trump called it and that is what we saw in in hashtags and things like that so mm-hmm. after that we actually saw a surge also in hate crimes and not only were we seeing that but a lot of hate uh anti-asian hate on Twitter as well. So where we saw that hashtag with the term that Trump used, we also saw a lot of other um, anti-Asian rhetoric that was being shared. So there's no, there's no like divide. This isn't one of those like, oh, it's not one or the other. It's definitely both. And, and they're tied very close together because then we're seeing you know, the rise in hate crimes towards Asian, yep. Asian Americans mm-hmm. or just, you know, Asian citizens. And it's, it's ridiculous. They're experiencing something scary. Yeah. The- I mean, the center of, um, for the study of hate and extremis- extremism found that anti-Asian and like Asian American hate crimes, um, reported to the police. So it's just to the police rose 150% from 2019 to 2020. Like AAPI hate received, I think it was over 3,000 hate crime incidents and reports just to them. And these are just things that people are reporting. Like there was the, the that same center, there was one city, I broke it down to cities where the, where the percentages went up 1,200%. I'm talking about 1,200%. And it's important to note when we're, That's when, we're talking, when we're talking about this in reference to Atlanta, Jay Baker, this little, mm, this stupid little whatever, he was one of the cops that was up on stage talking about what happened. He's, I'm pretty sure he's the one that went, he was having a bad day. Yeah. He has, he was posting that stuff. He was posting that stuff on his Facebook. He has things of t shirts that are like COVID, the imported virus, and things like that. He was, so you're telling me this police officer who was actively promoting racial racism and racial stereotypes and things that were harming people is now getting to work on a case where six Asian women were murdered by someone that was actively targeting Asian people. Yeah, exactly. Like, that is goes <laughs> literally to how Iridian started that. The words that we use are so important. The things that we say, and when you tie like the words, the things that we say into the fact that like, as human beings, we're complex and we have all these different identities. They impact how people are allowed to live in this world. They impact people's ability to like be functioning humans because mm-hmm. other people think they have the right to take lives or own lives in some capacity or things like that. The words that we use mean stuff. That, that also means this is just a, 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 a note to anyone listening. That means if someone's ever told you like, hey, what you're saying is, is offending me or like the, the things that I'm hearing are offending me sit with that and think about what you're saying. Don't fight it. Don't argue it. If you can do something to be less offensive and to be less violent, why would you not do it? Wouldn't you want to? Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not um, an invite to argue with them. 
or Mm -hmm. an invite to defend your side, because ultimately all that does is invalidate the voices of particularly people of color, because that's who we see experiencing that a lot. Um, I also wanted to share, I had found this post, which I bet you anything, we've all shared this post at some point or another. Um, but it's, it's an Instagram post by at Brown girl curator. And it's, it's a series of, of shot screenshots. Sorry. It's a series of screenshots. So what it goes on to say is to the question, why do you always have to make it about race? The answer is because it is social identifiers and our perceptions Mm -hmm. of them impact every type of interaction we have in this country. We see this in the astonishing rate that black and brown people are dying from COVID-19 to the mediocrity that rises to the top of the corporate ladder in spite of its mediocrity to the way we disproportionately use fatal violence against black indigenous people of color while handing a cheeseburger and phone call to nationalistic terrorists. Race Mm -hmm. is at the center. To assert any differently is a sign of great privilege, which is very true. It means your engagement and conversations around systematic inequality are a choice. It means that you have the ability to move freely throughout space without a second thought. But surprise, that freedom of movement is in and of itself a racial privilege. And just understand that it's not about you just because it doesn't feel racially uh, racialized to you doesn't mean that it isn't part of being an ally is recognizing that your experiences, sorry, our experiences are inherently different and you can use your position to make systematic change. And this is the first step. Mm -hmm. Sorry, this is the last one in America. We are not all the same. The reality of race and racism is very real and it is ever present race and the intersections of gender, socioeconomic, class, ability, and language, just to name a few. So what do you guys think about that? Meridian, I love that you just read that and that you (laughs) shared that post verbally with anyone's ears who are listening, because I was thinking, I was literally thinking to myself, there's probably somebody listening to this and it's like, why do they keep talking about race and police brutality when they said this was about the patriarchy and, and gender violence and femicide? Because you literally can't, if you talk about the patriarchy, if you talk about femicide, if you talk about gendered violence and you don't talk about race with it and you don't talk about what that lived experience is and you don't listen to those lived experiences and learn from them, you're doing a complete injustice to actually trying to deconstruct what patriarchy is, to deconstruct mm-hmm. what, what gender violence is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a complete disservice. It's, it's a lack of actual effort. It's still aligning with white masculinity so if you, if you like, you're going to hear us talk about race, you're probably going to hear us in, in intersect gender and race into nearly every topic we talk about, because if you're not throwing in these different things and sexuality and all these different things, you're not doing a service to what you're trying to do, like at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mood point. Yes. And <laughs> also with that, we aren't just talking about like violence, like physical violence, like we witnessed and heard about the past couple days and things and even all of the hate crime attacks like just people being beat down in the street for being Asian or things like that or other races too this isn't like a new thing in America either no it's also the extreme fetishization and sexualization of different races specifically like women and trans women um Mm -hmm. cis and trans women um, of different races, that fetishization and sexualization leads to people being like leads to death too. Yeah, it does. It dehumanizes people and it like basically just summarizes them up into just this quick idea of like, they're, this is what I think of them. So this is what they are. Like, that's not their whole identity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Literally because the patriarchy teaches us that sexual desire and sexual pleasure is directly related to power and control. And so then when you see people throw like racial fantasies into that too, it becomes like extreme racial and gender violence, which leads mm-hmm. to people being assaulted and murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You know, it's so interesting that you mentioned that because I, we're like all obsessed with TV, right? So I watch everything (laughs) and I don't care what anyone says. I just started rewatching, um, life of the American teenager, the secret, secret life of the American teenager, because I love my soap operas. So I noticed like the one Hispanic character is overly sexualized. They're supposed to be in high school. Mm-hmm. Overly she's sexualized. Also, I think she's like 20 something or close to 30 when she's playing a teenager. Yeah. We see that so much. It's, it's, it's intense. <laughs> um, <laughs> But like the, the weird thing to me is how there's that stereotype. Like she is this like bad person, quote unquote, like in the beginning and she loves sex. And I think it just Mm -hmm. like, they're trying to directly tie her into this, like, she's going to steal everyone's boyfriend sort of thing. And like Mm -hmm. the scandalous Hispanic woman, um, like kind of like, we see with Sofia Vengara in modern family. Like we see that so much. What is the stereotype we're seeing of Asian, Asian women? Mm -hmm. And how does that like diminish them down to this idea that men want them to be this way because they expect them to be that way. Also, including you and, or your friends that might have a type and whether that's from media you've seen like I know anime has had a really big surge in America. So whether you're getting that from like some of those cartoons, which a lot of anime, of fed- a lot of anime is children. A lot of them are like yeah. below 16. <laughs> yeah. But that kind of ideal where people are like, oh, well, like my type. And then like people mimic that. No, no, you race isn't a type. So yeah. it's just like, no. <laughs> Which, you have, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go, you go, you got it. That is a really good point. We see that, um, I saw a post not that long ago that kind of broke it down. And I think it was like a Tumblr post, but it basically broke it down where it's like, you don't have to have like race is a certain race is your preference. You can have preferences of hair color. Oh my God curly versus straight hair, blah, 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 blah. I don't know if that makes sense, but to have a whole like category of people that you're basically like they're one person. Yeah. It's like, you couldn't really care less if, if there's two people that fit that general description of the race that you were referring to, it's almost like you couldn't care less the difference between those two people. Like it's, Mm -hmm, you're just- mm -hmm. You just want that label of being associated with that person. It's like using them as an accessory. It's kind of gross. Which is also its own type of violence when we're, especially like in this case, we were referencing Asian women. When you talk about Asia, Asia Asia is huge. There's so many different cultures, countries, and communities within all of those places. So when we just do Asian, like that almost it has meaning but like the meaning is so vague there's so much to that so that's also something that's that I can't even imagine how hard that probably is to have to deal with on a day-to-day basis or even like you assuming that someone must be from a certain country because of x y no you don't know I promise you you white person who watches ABC family in your spare time ABC family's not even a channel anymore you don't know (laughs) I don't care that you took Chinese in high school. I don't care that you <laughs> for think that you semester know. you took. <laughs> I really don't don't care that you, you know, listen to K-pop. You can't say that you know everything about everything. You know, people's identities mm-hmm. is very personal and very intimate, and just like assuming that everyone is like a a certain category is just it diminishes them. I think. And to tie it back to something that was said earlier is I think it's really, really, really vital when you leave this, this, you take your headphones off, you leave this space that it's, it's, you take into your soul and like your brain and into conversations and the actions that you have in life 
we're hearing about the case in Georgia right now. We heard about the case in England, but like was mentioned, this violence against women and then the intersection of how race and ethnicity can impact that mm-hmm. has been harming people for literally decades. I would argue even centuries. It has gotten some more coverage in the past five years or so, I would argue, but like there's countless black women, there's countless indigenous women. I mean, murdered a missing indigenous woman. Like there's countless immigrant women that come to the US that people go missing, they end up murdered and there's no conversation about it. There's no story about it. There's no police investigation, which police aren't the answer, but like there's no investigation. There's 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 nothing to say that like we see that someone is missing. We see that there was harm and there was gender violence and there was racial violence and we see it like, yes, there's communities of people doing that. And yes, there's organizations, but like widespread news coverage. So like when we talk about the patriarchy being interwoven into like the fabric of how most of these institutions, and when I say institutions, I mean, political media, um, school, like how these institutions function, it is interwoven into the core of how these functions and it prevents people from getting the help, the support and the protection that they need. Mm-hmm. That was a rant. Yeah, I'm preach. Sorry, <laughs> I don't want to say preach. Let me re-say it. <laughs> it was completely accurate, <laughs> and it's okay if you rant. <laughs> Which, on that, I back to the Instagram post that Iridian read off. We know you all have been listening to us for like a, a hot minute here. So I need to throw out, like, we have to throw out a couple of things. One, the first thing I think that we all agree on is when it comes to gender violence, if you have the more powerful identity in the situation, speak up. Being a bystander is such a powerful thing. Like a cis man telling another cis man to like, shut up and be quiet is so powerful when it comes to gender violence. And a white person stepping in and, and racial violence and how, like, like I said, those intersect, a white person stepping in and racial violence can be such a powerful thing. And I'm not saying that people need to be saved. I'm not saying that it makes you a savior, but being a bystander, when we talk about allyship, yeah, cool. Post on your Instagram, post on your story, talk about stuff, step up and do something. Mm-hmm. And that's going to look different for everybody, right? Like we can't all intervene. Like I know I'm, I'm a five foot tall person. I'm not going to walk up to a, a six, four person and and try and fight them or something but that's gonna look different yeah. but why not do what you... okay marissa have fun do <laughs> okay iridian said that i just that said mm. oh okay iridian, have fun. <laughs> i thought marissa was the one being <laughs> i'm glad we sound similar <laughs> mm-hmm. Iridian's so sweet. I can't be mean to her. I feel so bad. Anyway, okay, be mean to me. being, a, be, <laughs> yeah. being a bystander is so important. And w- I don't think, I don't think we actually do it enough because I think most, most be- humans nowadays have social anxiety and we don't know how to interact with people. Right. But, <laughs> but being a bystander is so important. And that might mean recording and giving that document to the person being harmed that might mean stepping in. That also might mean just distracting somebody. You see something weird happening, start screaming. Start screaming. Scream. Literally fall on the ground. Do something like if you're a singer, start singing a song, start dancing, just start doing something to distract that 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 violent person's energy from one person onto you. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good time to say silence is violence and white silence is violence. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about silence is violence, we're talking about bystanders. Um, butter sketch, like butter, like the thing you eat and sketch like a sketchbook. Butter sketch on Instagram. She made a post about her experience because she's like, people are asking me to speak out and she wasn't sure if I wanted to. Da, da, da. It's a couple pages, like Instagram pages long but she basically just said that she saw a man start to follow her after she finished grocery shopping she kind of was like "Mm," as most women are who are being followed um but again like she can't move through the world as just women she's an asian woman and like that means something especially to perpetrators i think this was a white man so she eventually i think he caught up with her and he like shoved her to the ground and spit on her and yelled at her for being Asian and then like ran off. And she said the whole time she was like on a crowded street and everyone just walked past her and ignored her. 
that would have been such an easy situation when someone could have literally like stepped in and like, oh, hey, like they saw the guy coming up and been like, oh, hey, girl, I haven't seen you in so long. How are you doing? Yep. I guarantee you if there had, if there was a second person interacting with her, even interacting with her, that might have, that potentially could have de-escalated the situation. And again, this isn't to say like that victims of violence have to do something to stop it, but this is saying people who are around it, like I, in that situation, I dare, I am again, white no Asian ancestor at all. I would not have been victimized. No. Like that's a really easy situation. Even, and even if you missed the encounter, you could stop and help someone pick up their groceries. Who make sure they're okay. Time. Make sure they're okay. And be like, can I do anything for you? Can I make sure you get home? Okay. Which there's always like tricky lines with that. Cause it's like, who can you even trust nowadays? But that's just like, is a really easy example. It's not helpful if we all just turn away from what's happening. If so we all just ignore what's happening. Yeah, exactly. And as we we start to wrap up this this episode, and and thank you for listening to us. The first the call to action that we have for you all is to see something, say something, see something, do something, see something, check in on the person. There's mm-hmm. different ways to be a bystander. Not all that means that you're directly stepping in front of the violence because that's not possible for all of us. But there's it doesn't ways mean you can- you're punching Nazis in the face. Yeah. There's ways that you can check in on people. There's ways that you can document. There's ways that you can distract. So the first, our first call out to you is be a bystander. The second one, does anyone have one before I do it? Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do, but I was going to suggest, again, money gets people a lot of places and some of you might have a little $20 burning a hole in your pocket. So I would consider looking up um, butterflysw.org. And this is an Asian and migrant sex workers network, and we can provide a link as well. Um, And there's plenty of other, we'll link a couple other organizations or even like full list. There's a lot of organizations being shared around and direct GoFundMes for the families that were affected by what happened in Georgia. Your money, we live in a capitalistic society Mm -hmm. where your money goes matters. So consider donating it. I think it's really important to include especially an organization that we should encourage people to donate to, or at least like look into, because I personally, Mm -hmm. like, it's hard to know where you can trust your money to go. So Mm -hmm. just for anyone listening, we are going to do our research for that. Like we're going to do our call to action, like your homework, (laughs) um, for lack of a better term, just what you should keep in mind to, to do in your everyday life. Like it's not just like a one thing assignment. So I guess homework isn't the best term for it, but it's like something that you want to keep in the back of your mind constantly, you know, in a file that you can constantly reach if you need to. But also when it comes to sources and things like that, like we're going to include sources um, just so you know, we're not like bullshitting you. Everything is researched and especially the, um, what what we show as like organizations like these mm-hmm. are organizations that we definitely think um could benefit and that you could benefit to look into and research and support yep okay and as we wrap up the very final thing is look in your community it's super easy to post on instagram right mm-hmm. it's really easy to retweet stuff see what events are happening i know not everyone's a protester see if there's even like a solidarity march or see if there's like um an outside picnic or like a skate night or things like these are just things that I've seen online so far just ways to visibly and physically show support and be like hey I'm in your community I'm with you just even like that camaraderie and community is gonna be one of the ways that we start to change systems right like the more we can get together, the more that we work together, even if it's sometimes fun things, or even if it means that you're paying money to get into something and that money goes for something good, but you all are just hanging out with each other. Mm -hmm. Like pay attention to also what's happening directly in your backyard. Because Mm -hmm. I know I've seen all over Instagram, like there's events happening everywhere. Like look up your, your local universities and your local schools and see what different clubs and organizations are doing because so many people have been doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Also, please do not post a yellow square. Do not do that. People have been doing that? 
apparently <laughs> some some famous guy did it supposedly and then I, there was it was trending on twitter and people were like don't post a yellow square so we're just saying if you haven't heard it don't post a yellow don't square. do it don't do it i promise not it's it's racist <laughs> it's so racist he posted that for what reason also your one little instagram post and your 500 beach pictures how about you take that part of that beach money not even the beach money just a couple drinks you were gonna buy yeah and give it to somebody like anyways I think that's all we have for you all today it was a big episode most of them will be big episodes but hopefully you took something away from this and please feel free to engage with us on some sort of social media or if you know us individually feel free to send us individual messages and be like, Hey, loved this part. Love this part. Only compliments, please. (laughs) Specifically about like the, um, kind of domestic gender violence and things like that. If anyone felt, um, triggered or things like that during this episode, or there's thoughts that you need to think through from your own experiences, or, you know, things that have happened to other people, We can't give specific centers that you all can contact because we don't know where you're listening from. But if you just look up like National Domestic Violence Hotline or RAIN, which is R-A-I-N-N.org, they have centers across the entire country that have like domestic violence, sexual violence, hotlines, people that you can just call and talk to for a little bit if you're trying to like kind of work through what gender violence looks like, what that means, which is not to say that everyone's going to be perfect on the racial aspect or even the gender violence aspect, but there are resources out there if you need to talk to somebody. So on that note, I just wanted to close and let you all know that go ahead and rate us if you can on whatever it is you're listening to. We also have an email, dirtywordspod at gmail.com. We're working on an Instagram too. So in the meantime, like honestly, reach out to us with any mm-hmm. feedback you have. We'll we'll gladly accept it. Um, but like, don't be mean. <laughs> um, but other than that, we're we're literally here to listen. And that, that's mm-hmm. it. We just want to- Or if you had thoughts from this episode that you want to share, because we covered a bunch of topics and mm-hmm. share them with us. Like we want to hear them, even if you just need someone to talk to, like- talk to us yeah we could we could use some friends <laughs> well on thank that you note, for listening thank you so much we're gonna say bye now ciao, everybody ciao. take care bye <laughs>